Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. The Law School of America. Director's Duties. While corporate constitutions typically set out the balance of power between directors, shareholders, employees and other stakeholders, additional duties are owed by members of the board to the corporation as a whole. First, rules can restrain or empower the directors in whose favor they exercise their discretion. While older corporate law judgments suggested directors had to promote shareholder value, most modern state laws empower directors to exercise their own business judgment in the way they balance the claims of shareholders, employees, and other stakeholders. Second, all state laws follow the historical pattern of fiduciary duties to require that directors avoid conflicts of interest between their own pursuit of profit and the interests of the corporation. The exact standard, however, may be more or less strict. Third, many states require some kind of basic duty of care in performance of a director's tasks, just as minimum standards of care apply in any contract for services. However, Delaware has increasingly abandoned substantive objective duties, as it reinterpreted the content of the duty of care, allowing liability waivers. Stakeholder Interests Most corporate laws empower directors, as part of their management functions, to determine which strategies will promote a corporation's success in the interests of all stakeholders. Directors will periodically decide whether and how much of a corporation's revenue should be shared among directors' own pay, the pay for employees, for example, whether to increase or not next financial year, the dividends or other returns to shareholders, whether to lower or raise prices for consumers, whether to retain and reinvest earnings in the business, or whether to make charitable and other donations. Most states have enacted constituency statutes, which state expressly that directors are empowered to balance the interests of all stakeholders in the way that their conscience, or good faith decisions would dictate. This discretion typically applies when making a decision about the distribution of corporate resources among different groups, or in whether to defend against a takeover bid. For example, in Schlensky v. Wrigley the president of the Chicago Cubs baseball team was sued by stockholders for allegedly failing to pursue the objective of shareholder profit maximization. The president had decided the corporation would not install floodlights over the baseball ground that would have allowed games to take place at night, because he wished to ensure baseball games were accessible for families before children's bedtime. The Illinois court held that this decision was sound because even though it could have made more money, the director was entitled to regard the interests of the community as more important. Following a similar logic in A.P. Smith Manufacturing Company v. Barlow a New Jersey court held that the directors were entitled to make a charitable donation to Princeton University on the basis because there was no suggestion that it was made indiscriminately or to a pet charity of the corporate directors in furtherance of personal rather than corporate ends. So long as the directors could not be said to have conflicting interests, their actions would be sustained. Delaware's law has also followed the same general logic, even though it has no specific constituency or stakeholder statute. The standard is, however, contested largely among business circles which favor a view that directors should act in the sole interests of shareholder value. Judicial support for the same is typically found in a case from Michigan in 1919, called Dodge v. Ford Motor Company. Here, 
the Ford Motor Company president Henry Ford had publicly announced that he wished not merely to maximize shareholder returns but to raise employee wages, decrease the price of cars for consumers, because he wished, as he put it, to spread the benefits of this industrial system to the greatest possible number. A group of shareholders sued, and the Michigan Supreme Court said in an obiter dictum that a business corporation is organized and carried on primarily for the profit of the stockholders. The powers of the directors are to be employed for that end. However, in the case itself a damages claim against Ford did not succeed, and since then Michigan law has been changed. The U.S. Supreme Court has also made it clear in Burwell v. Hobby Lobby Stores Incorporated that shareholder value is not a default or overriding aim of corporate law, unless a corporation's rules expressly opt to define such an objective. In practice, many corporations do operate for the benefit of shareholders, but this is less because of duties, and more because shareholders typically exercise a monopoly on the control rights over electing the board. This assumes, however, that directors do not merely use their office to further their own personal goals over the interests of shareholders, employees, and other stakeholders. Conflicts of interest. Since the earliest corporations were formed, courts have imposed minimum standards to prevent directors using their office to pursue their own interests over the interests of the corporation. Directors can have no conflict of interest. In trust law, this core fiduciary duty was formulated after the collapse of the South Sea Company in 1719 in the United Kingdom. Keach v. Sanford held that people in fiduciary positions had to avoid any possibility of a conflict of interest, and this rule should be strictly pursued. It was later held that no inquiry should be made into transactions where the fiduciary was interested in both sides of the deal. These principles of equity were received into the law of the United States, and in a modern formulation Cardozo J. said in Meinhard v. Salmon that the law required the punctilio of an honor the most sensitive, at a level higher than that trodden by the crowd. The standards applicable to directors, however, began to depart significantly from traditional principles of equity that required no possibility of conflict regarding corporate opportunities, and no inquiry into the actual terms of transactions if tainted by self-dealing. In a Delaware decision from 1939, Guth v. Loft Incorporated, it was held that Charles Guth, the president of a drink manufacturer named Loft Incorporated, had breached his duty to avoid conflicts of interest by purchasing the Pepsi Company and its syrup recipe in his own name, rather than offering it to Loft Incorporated. However, although the duty was breached, the Delaware Supreme Court held that the court would look at the particular circumstances and will not regard a conflict as existing if the company it lacked finances to take the opportunity, if it is not in the same line of business or did not have an interest or reasonable expectancy. More recently, in Bros v. Cellular Information Systems Incorporated, CIS, it was held that a non-executive director of CIS Incorporated, a man named Mr. Bros, had not breached his duty when he bought telecommunications licenses for the Michigan area for his own company, RFB Cellular Incorporated. CIS Incorporated had been shedding licenses at the time, and so Bros alleged that he thought there was no need to inquire whether CIS Incorporated would be interested. CIS Incorporated was then taken over, and the new owners pushed for the claim to be brought. The Delaware Supreme Court held that because CIS Incorporated had not been financially capable at the time to buy licenses, and so there was no actual conflict of interest. In order to be sure, or at least avoid litigation, the Delaware General Corporation Law Section 144 provides that directors cannot be liable, and a transaction cannot be voidable if it was, 1, approved by disinterested directors after full disclosure, 2, approved by shareholders after disclosure, or, 3, approved by a court is fair. Miller v. Miller, 
corporate officers and directors may pursue business transactions that benefit themselves as long as they can prove the transaction, although self-interested, was nevertheless intrinsically fair to the corporation. Delaware General Corporation Law Section 144 contains the rule that the burden for proving unfairness remains on the plaintiff after disclosure. Flieger v. Lawrence, 1976, the burden of proof shifts onto the plaintiff to show a transaction was conflicted if approval by disinterested stockholders or directors has been given to a transaction. Also Remillard Brick Company v. Remillard Dandini Company, 1952. The Law School of America the content used in the podcast is licensed by the Wikimedia Foundation Incorporated under a Creative Commons Attribution, Share Alike License. The text has been modified for audio. The content of these podcasts is for informational purposes only and do not constitute professional advice. These podcasts are not associated with the Wikimedia Foundation in any context. The Law School of America